0: Hello, this is Moss Whelan and Story in Mind. And I'm hoping to sum up my uh, foray into personifications. I'm talking about these literary devices. And I'm pretty sure it's a literary device. And so. Uh, personifications are where we have a, a character. Yeah, I think this is a good way to say it, is that there's a character, and that um, we or the uh, the author, the writer, imbues the character with some kind of quality, right? That is a um, so it, this person is an expression of some kind of. Uh, emotion or state of um, experience. Um, it's interesting, say that, uh, say Venus is, uh, you know, is, is, and too i I'm using goddesses. I'm, I'm trying to sort of get away from that, and it's, it's like, what, what would be closer, um, you know, sort of less religious figures? And I've come back to Neil Gaiman's um, personifications. Where he's, you know, he's, he has death and he has uh, a couple of others. Um, there's a kind of deity quality to personifications. Uh, myself, I, preser- I prefer ones where, say, you, know, you, you get to meet a character who is the moon, right? And um, or say stars, which was a great one from uh, Neil Gaiman. Um, uh, one that I'm thinking of. Is from uh, Alan Moore's writing of the Swamp Thing comic books, and there was the the Parliament of Trees. We had these expressions of, uh, there's various sort of types, to ways of describing them of uh, elementals, right? There were these expressions of nature, trees, and also this sort of deeper. Uh, Deeper sense of, of of what nature means, and so it's 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 a way to explore, but it's also a way to inform. And let's say we are inviting um, we are inviting uh, the reader to you know uh, put their foot their toe in you know the lake of the subconscious, and maybe even to go to to go for a swim. You know, and then they'll sort of have this experience of, say, a part of themselves. You know, when we're talking about uh, talking about the psyche, talking about uh, states of consciousness, and and encounters, like say in dreams, dreams, or say you're doing art and you have this encounter with a, a, a character that you're working on. And. I'm just thinking of sort of personifications. Um, uh, Talking about it has actually helped me sort of clarify a bit for for my own use of personifications and say, you know, ones that I hadn't thought about before. Or it's sort of like they hadn't clarified. Like um, the fates. And just thinking about where they were at. Um the setting, you know, because you never saw them in a palace they're more powerful than the gods and goddesses and they just hang out at a tree, right, (laughs) in the middle of nowhere Um, you know, or, you know, they're hanging out with sheep or um, shepherds or, you know what what are the relationships, you know, do they have relationships you know, maybe they're outside of that whole, you know, uh, conundrum because they they don't have to be you know born, they don't have to die, um they don't have to reproduce <clears throat> they're kind of like in a limbo uh what, what i'm what I'm wanting to do i'm I'm thinking that this is the the final um personification because it's sort of having i've sort of covered the the big ones i think there might be others, and too there are you know there's a huge amount that you can do like such as stars. Right, or the sun, right? You can have these um, characters who, you know, uh, hang out at a cafe and it turns out that they're actually stars, right? You know, at night, you know, in Cosmopolis, right? The, you know, the, the, the stars will actually, uh, you know, hang out and they have lives in the city. And, um, <clears throat> you know, there's a story waiting to happen. And then you know you could have you know the stars like Beetlejuice. There's a star named Beetlejuice that has nothing to do with the, the Tim Burton uh, situation because there was a movie it's Beetlejuice. Okay, so uh, I'm thinking to uh, end with these um, uh, two uh, two personifications. I'm getting a, a list from uh, peers. Anthony? Is it Piers Anthony? I think it's Piers Anthony. Um, And it was, uh, Piers Anthony was this writer. I'm just checking to see if I got the name right. And, yes. And, uh, so, uh, he did this uh, series of uh, fantasy, I would say contemporary fantasy. It's set in a world that is similar to this, but that has um, magic. So magic is sort of coexisting with science. And these uh, characters are invited. um, To become immortal. To take over the office of immortals. And. In that series. We have. um, These personifications of uh, good and evil. And. They are given. um, Like say for the evil. We have one character who becomes uh, Satan. right, And then we have. Uh, The good one is becoming... I'm forgetting the name, but it's sort of like the equivalent, right? That there's this good and evil. And... It's it's a very quote-unquote Western thing to do. Um, It's not... I don't think it's even easy to say uh, Western. Because, um, you know, there are elements within... uh, you know the west that that don't sort of subscribe to the the binary of uh good and evil what do i mean by that there it's it's a bit of division like to sort of say that we're not a whole person and instead that we have these two sides and that one is a good side and one is a bad side and my, my challenge would be, well, okay, you know, what about, you know, what where would it be necessary to be evil, right? At what point is it a good point to be evil, which is an odd thing to say. The lesser of two evils, for example. Um, self-defense, for example. You know, what if you are pushed to the point where, you know, in order to protect yourself, you have to hurt even you know, possibly kill somebody else in order to survive in order to, you know, uh, protect yourself so uh, I was I was just thinking of because uh, I, I had recorded an uh, episode talking about personification of war and the shield of Achilles which is this description of a shield you know, with some detail and then Uh, thinking of the relationship because it's on the shield there's uh, two two person not two personifications but the city is sort of divided in half and then one half is at war and one half is at peace and a thought that I was left with was that um, uh, in a way you know the personification of peace you know which I which I didn't go into, in a way, it's. Um, I, I want to say that it's uh, peace is good, right? That I want to uh, sort of argue that that's the, the ultimate expression of, of good, of goodness is, is peace, you know, where you're not, you know, being hunted down, threatened, persecuted, um, all good stuff and then the flip side is the the evil of uh war i you know in to my mind i think that's why i had difficulty talking with it about it is because uh it's a part of ourselves that is it that celebrates violence it's a part of ourselves where we go you know uh for example we have television shows movies music that is you know hip-hip-hooray, uh, super-violence, ultra-violence. War, um, you know, killing people is a, you know, valid solution. Or we have what I call, uh, I'm sure others call it too, its uh, revenge fantasies. You know, these movies where uh, at the end of the movie, the solution, or at least, you know, what we're brought to is that it's okay to murder your enemy, right? It's uh you know and then they sort of uh, falling or getting you know killed shots or something or you know get blown up and then our you know our hero walks away from the explosion in slow motion and the music swells and it's a I think that it ha- it gets back to catharsis and that it's a, a purging <laughs> I think somebody's in uh, it's that moment of you know, intentionally, like, I'm sort of like, are they doing, are they driving intentionally like that? I always think when I hear sort of cars, or even motorcycles going by that are these, like, super loud um, I'm so gangsta, chapa that, uh, you know, my, one of my thoughts is, like, wow, they really should get, you know, take it to a garage. It sounds like it's on its last legs. Of course, that's not the case. You know, and the other part of myself is, is saying, you know, oh, sounds like some what's that called, there's a word for it you know where you uh, you you know you you feel like you don't have a lot right, so you want to sort of put on a show to say that you have a lot that was a very kind way of saying it I think so uh, good and evil I I I think kind of what I'm doing is that this is a bit of it's part two of uh, the personification of war and I'm kind of sort of arguing that say good and evil that um, for me there's a kind of satanic quality to war right that it is the ultimate expression of um, the worst you know it, it's advocating uh all kinds of horrible things this, uh, sort of legal, legalized uh, you know, getting together to murder each other, and bizarre right, you know who does this, and um, obviously there's a particular group mindset that is built for this right, um I know for myself, you know and please don't say that you would, you know you'd never think about it uh you know i'm i'm just I'm just glad that most people are not you know acting you know on on these impulses you know and that most people don't go into wherever they're having a problem and you know start shooting people um, uh, but yeah uh violence violence war murder, and other things are going along with that that And two, I'm wanting to throw in, I'm wanting to throw in rape, um, such as, say, the uh, the Japanese uh, comfort women, right, uh, the, the military abducting uh, teenage girls, young teenage girls, and forcing them into prostitution. And two, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's pro- prostitution. You know, there's no payment going on. It's just rape. And, uh Yeah god i don't even want to talk about it uh you know but it happens it's real it you know that that's just like a hundred years ago and uh not even a hundred years ago and it's happening somewhere else right now and there was an abduction of women young women in africa and uh the weirdness as well of them you know getting freed released and then young women returning to these uh uh, criminals, right? Criminals, terrorists. You know, uh, weird sort of. You know, is that what is that syndrome called? Stockholm syndrome. You know. Um, you know, th- I'm sort of thinking it's like, how, why would you, why, why would you return to that? Why would you sort of see that as as better than? You know the alternative, and uh, you know apparently there's some people that will you know that feel that way. You know, I have no idea. That's not my, it's not my experience. You know, it's not my life. Uh, I just would not want that for any of my friends or family or their children or so on and so on. Uh, and two as well, growing up in a criminal environment where there's violence, uh, abuse, mental illness that uh the promotion of mental illness you know and i say i think no no i'm not gonna get, go there but anyways i sort of i have a perspective and two you know during peace right so i'm not in a um, country where there's like say a terrorist group is kind of holding everybody hostage terrorist criminal group. I think they started as a criminal group and then aligned themselves with uh, the Islamic State ISIS but uh, can we not all agree that, so here we have the personification of um, good uh, good and peace so this is, so I'm finding I'm steering away from adapting and coming up with something a bit different in in my sort of pantheon of personifications and so I'm thinking about I'm looking and I'm I'm doing sort of a double take on Venus as good right and that that, you know Venus is personifying she is summing up and um, expressing. So she's, you know, whatever our story is, uh, she's walking around this fantasy world with, uh, oh, there's seagulls. I'm sort of walking around this, um, field, this grassy field, and just noticing that there's these seagulls that are sort of joining, joining me, or am I joining them? Uh, let's see. So how can I how can I work this with talking about say I'm setting up my pantheon and um, or you know these sort of weird immortal figures who are wandering around kind of like wandering stars another name for planets and Venus uh, in old English slash sort of Nordic. Uh, it would be Freya, you know, and, uh, that was the equivalent set up, and I'm trying to remember if Freya was, who, like, who was she connected to, uh, I know she was having, there was a relationship with, uh, someone else, like she was the wife of someone else, and, you know, someone else was their husband, or her husband, so, um, Seeing if I can head towards the seagulls. It's fantastic. They're kind of, well, they're not all walking away from. It. They're sort of more sort of like checking me out. And um, oh, and we have some crows up in the trees who are, who are um, crowing, cawing. I found myself on Pinterest uh, a couple days ago or yesterday looking at the two crows from Norse mythology and I think um, I think their names translated as uh, their names translated as um, let's see memory was it mem- I think it was memory and time it Was something like that and I couldn't help but think of uh, Heckel and Jekyll, these two cartoon crows. But of course, you know, and for me, it would be sort of how can I combine these two? They they never really had a voice, and I'm sort of thinking, you know, yeah, do Odin or Woden, as in the Old English Anglo-Saxon, and then uh, have his two crows talking like Heckle and Jekyll. Ah, the beauty of uh, a blender. And. Uh, Doing this kind of collage, or could confuse the situation and have uh, Raven have a uh, a character um, like here here in Vancouver, Pacific Northwest Coast. There's a First Nations um, character, a trickster called Raven. I'm still trying to figure out the difference between uh, ravens and crows back to back to the personification of peace and I'm by extension getting into this Piers Anthony good and evil thing so for me I'm wanting to say that the um, that the binary uh, what is it the binary is not a binary you could argue, too, that, say, if you look at sort of, like, the whole experience of any, um, duality, sort of, based, uh, belief system, I, th- I, th- I throw in Buddhism in there, into there, too, because they have demons, and just check out the Monkey King, and, you know, say like, fabulous demons, such amazing, sort of messed up people, and I, 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 I always had this feeling when I was looking at the Monkey King, um, i think it's called journey to the west yeah and that these that they were based on real people there's just something about these demons that were it's like you know oh, is this somebody that you know this particular writer knows and two, you know real people there's so much to draw on from them it's uh, a great resource thank you real people okay um so these um good characters and these the good personification and bad personification and i'm arguing that war is is the uh the evil and that uh, and too I, I think it's that i'm speaking of my own kind of you know this is this is how i'm reading this and Sort of in a contemporary sense. I I also want my personifications to operate in a, in a sense of like a spectrum, right? There's a kind of color coded a color coded quality to these personifications, and that they are. Um, what are these seagulls doing? It looks like they're eating something. Uh, yeah. So, so mine, uh, there is a color-coded quality. And that... Uh, so looking at it as a, a whole, it's a spectrum. And I like the idea of looking at this, the psyche, uh, uh, as, a, as a kind of spectrum. And not... Uh, there is a kind of... Com- um, there's a kind of uh, compartmentalizing going on but that there's also, say um, I like bringing in the idea of the uh, a personification of wholeness, say like um, what what am I thinking of, it, for example personification of wholeness oh, um, uh, Jung's uh, archetype of the self with a capital s. You know that that is a personification of individuation, right? So it's an imagining of a character who uh, embodies uh, a state of um, you could say enlightenment or transcendence or oneness. And so so I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking that kind of expanding uh, what I, in a way, I'm working on my own, like, uh, fantasy world of my, um, the pantheon of my fantasy world. And, just noticing these manhole covers that are in the, the center of this, uh, center of this park. And, th- this is, uh, there's, this is a cool thing about Vancouver, for all of Vancouver's faults, there is on the manhole cover is I've noticed this before. We have um, uh, Salish art that a Salish artist has been um, hired and then hired and paid and I hope and then you know we have a manhole cover that um, is acknowledging and identifying um, uh, the, this culture on, on the brink of extinction. Oh, and two—it's rusted. It's rusted. Uh, right. So, I'm. I'm sort of going. I'm sort of thinking for myself, and and sort of that there is. I I do have. Uh, two characters. Who. It's its less about say. Good and evil. There is that quality to them. Um, but, but sort of. My, my good quality. My good sort of personification. Is in this position of. Um, centrality. Of, of being at the center. Of. Um, in my fantasy world. Which is this. Um, it's a place out of time. Out of space. And. Uh, eternal, that is, this eternal quality, both to this character and where they are. This island in the middle. And then the opposite is that I have a character who personifies uh, the opposite. And so they're very sort of plugged into time and the brokenness of... um, or just sort of, uh, you know, division. Uh, it's not just dual duality; it's like this just fragmentation, and uh, promoting that, existing in that, and and too, that character for for me, it's this. Uh, it's called the wound between the world, which is a nod to uh, the woods between the world, and. Um, I think there's a well as as well. There's a. I guess the is it the well, the well beyond the world, something like that. Anyways, I was hoping for something, <laughs> and I, yeah. So I have this character, this dragon, who is uh, at the core of conflict, promoting uh, this war that goes on and on and on. <coughs> And, so I'm just thinking about, yeah, I'm coming closer to this sort of, sort of idea of, um, there's these two representations, there is a sense of duality, but it has less to do with good and evil, and it's more about, um, you know, the, the, the the eternal, However, you want to call it, you know, the centered versus the uncentered, unstructured. This is my seagull buddies. I never liked the way they sounded, but the crows are right there too with their cawing. It's odd though, if you hang around crows long enough, that they actually have a sort of a trill, uh, kind of like raccoons, where uh, sort of when they're not sort of cawing they're doing this kind of uh, sort of back of the throat uh, sound it's much more pleasant I'll bet seagulls have the same thing going on how are we doing so we're halfway halfway to eternity Make my way back to the uh, park bench. It's been an, it's, it's actually been an interesting couple of days talking about personifications, and I've um, sort of I've packed in a number of recordings, and um, I think it's sort of it's something that I'm interested in. Uh, there's there's a uh, a quality that is uh, exciting. Um, Why? Personifications are not deities, right? So there's something that's... um, There's a connection. There's the obvious connections, which is, say, like... um, And then, two two, the weird ones uh, are that, say, Piers Anthony talking about personifications of good and evil, that he's sort of looking at, say... um, Greek or Roman deities in the same in the same way that they're sort of summing up these states of mind, and uh, you know, in the in the case of the sort of Ju- Judean Christian uh, duality, you know, of one side's good, one side's evil. What's the flip side? The flip side is the is the Tao, the the Yin and Yang symbol, which is the circle, and it has these. It has a sort of spiral of dark, and then it has a spiral of light. And then sometimes uh, they will have like a one of the spirals has a kind of dot, almost like an eye, like these two fishes, right? And one has a white eye, and one has a black eye. Uh, and the Tao is an interesting, uh, uh, an interesting uh, thing. It's and uh, too, it's not. It's not talked about as a deity, right? The Tao is this, uh, it's a state, right? It's a state of mind. Uh, it's this, uh, if you ever get into Tai Chi, right? It's connected to, uh, Taoism. And, uh, I looked up Taoism at least once. it interesting to go back. And, uh, but there, but there is this notion of, say, seeking balance, Uh, rather than going to sort of these sort of extremes in this, uh, the binary and that's a quite sort of different um, different way of thinking Uh, my stepfather once, just out of the blue started talking about uh, it's all about balance and uh, I hate that when people do that because I want you know, I want you to sort of Okay, I want you to introduce me to the topic. <laughs> I want you to develop the topic and I want you to make a final statement like like the English major that you are, right? But instead it's it's sort of what? And I have to sort of piece together later. I think that this is what he was talking about, but I'm kinda not sure. But that's Taoism, Taoism. It's it's all about uh balance, right? It's all about sort of um you know 50-50 you know it's, you know the glass is half full and not having these um this these extremes of right um life is horrible and it's like well that's a point of view right life is what you make it right and that's a horrible statement for people who are trapped in the um trapped in the loop or the uh seesaw of of uh you know how horrible is today going to be um, it's a it's it's a weird thing to you know to sort of you know be on a quest towards uh, to get sort of like into a, like a da- a Taoist um, headset mindset sort of you know you go into your, your cubicle and all of a sudden you're not looking at it as you know this is a horrible place instead it's sort of like you know this is this is a place and it's like you know I make it you know what i um it's what i bring to it right so just thinking about like cognitive realities and that say is there a way to say shift how you're perceiving things um, besides learning a new language (laughs) which i'm i sort of like oh man yeah um can you you know sort of find a language that is going to balance out your language reality you know so that you know, you're not living in this kind of um, nightmare scenario. Why? Because I have a friend who's, who's just like deep in this miserable pit of um, the cubicle. And I don't want to insult that person and say, you know, you are in control of how you're feeling. Right? Because, you know, I'm... That's... Because then I'm saying that to myself. Right? And I... It's easy to say those things. It's sort of like, say, you're a born-again... Whatever. A born-again Buddhist. <laughs> and then, you know... Oh, yeah. You know... You gotta start... start, Gotta just look at it differently. And... um, But that... You know... What does it take? You know... Is it that, say, we have to be... Conditioned by our... Culture of choice. You know... Our country. Uh, and that... Um, yeah... To... To be content, you know, because really that's, you know, that's at the heart of, that's the beating heart of the whole, um, you know, the, me- the mental health side of the equation that has to do with, um, you know, that, that sort of like can be assisted through therapy, etc. And I, so I'm not including the mental health that's sort of where it's, you know, it's chemistry, right? You know, that you have to have to take the medication. Why? Oh, I'm thinking like schizophrenia. Uh, I'm thinking things along those lines, and uh, but it is great that there is medication that you know helps to a degree uh, in that in that case, definitely. Um, all right, so we're halfway through the episode and talking about. Um, a personification it's not just talking about personification of good and evil but it's talking about say almost like say a, a balancing like looking at that as another sort of alternative um, personification perhaps a personification of balance um, you know versus say a personification that is not of balance um, the weird thing too is that Sort of this is just me going now and sort of going deep in that it's all the same thing that it's all um it's it's sort of like say it's us that is dividing it up and you know saying that oh, it's one thing or another you know it's it's one psyche you know, but um in in the case of personifications or oh, it. I'll use the dream as an example, and that everything in the dream is the dreamer, right? It's, um, I almost got into an argument once with um, another Twitter writer, and it was, uh, it was weird because we, like, uh, you know, I agreed with them, they agreed with me, but we were so adamant, right? And sort of pushing, and then I sort of realized, it's like, wait a second, we're talking about the same thing you know, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, they're saying, you know, oh, no, no, it's okay, um, but yeah, that, so, instead of having the dream, and going, oh, that was a weird dream, instead, you have the dream, and then you consider the dream, you might write it down, talk about it, and, consider that everything in the dream is you, right, and that, everything that you are dreaming about is has to do with your experience, where you are at right now. Like say, if you're having a nightmare, does it have to do with, um, where you are at, you know, your experiences at, at the moment. Um, or perhaps it has to do with something that is unresolved, you know, or, which is an, an interesting word to describe, um, but there is a sense of, of repression like say the, you know the building up of of pressure and not not dealing with something that you know is is important to to you the dreamer so i'm just thinking of just thinking of my own my own dreams of late and i'm sort of like i don't, I don't know if there's anything particularly um, So um, personifications of good and evil, and just returning to Mars and Venus, and um, Mars is the is the evil, like that. That's 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 how I want to to go with it, just ethically, um, and then but also with the the difficulty of say uh, that say what about the war that you have to fight, right? You know, otherwise you just sort of Acquiescing and, and giving up and um, um, you know you know this other sort of element is not re- uh, is not um, not taken care of, not um, respecting boundaries say on, even on a personal level right you could be dealing with somebody who's not respecting boundaries or It could be a group of people that are not respecting boundaries, Uh, and two that you know personally. You you see, you know, I'm feeling threatened, and um, it's it it would be true for you or true for your community or um, culture, ethnic group. It could be minority group. Um, Yeah, and so. So the, the the definitions of of good and evil that that those are almost like say a sliding sliding scale that sort of um, it really depends on where you are and where you are at you know in your own in your own mind your own experience. <clears throat> I had experience I think it was yesterday where I, I was like did I just got did I just get called a hater? Like, was I, you know... And then i sort of, like, looking at the situation and going, you know, did I... Did I, you know... Am I hating someone? Right? You know, and... Um, I'm sort of like... You know, should I be upset? <laughs> you know, sort of analyzing the situation. It's like, am I in the wrong? You know, it's what's going on. And in in the end, I just... I was sort of, like, going... Uh, and two, it's sort of... Do I block the person? This is on Twitter. Do I block the person? Do I mute the person? And... Uh I'm trying to remember exactly what I did. Um, the best thing for me is like just to sort of walk away from it, you know, and then if it's something, say, that I can return to, that I will. But it was just a confusing kind of moment. There also, too, there wasn't clarity about it. And it was just sort of like a, a shot out of nowhere, right? And um, I did a kind of response that was sort of, that sort of was sort of like I was sort of you know, so, and, and to more not not responding with confusion, but just the I don't know, it was just um and to the other person you know didn't sort of respond or clarify, and I don't think I ever have actually talked or chatted or typed with this person before, so it was yeah, it was a movement of confusion and a confusion, lack of clarity and Lack of communication, and uh, I just sort of like yeah. I ended up just sort of like uh, you know it's like I I'm, I'm not sure what's going on, you know I'm not sure if I'm being sort of accused of something, and you know hopefully somebody else will sort of pop up and <laughs> Moss, <laughs> you're not being politically correct. I was like oh okay, we'll we'll go from there. uh it's uh, it's a tough, I find myself thinks, going back to, to say, um, free speech as an example of, say, how far are you willing to go with, you know, the ethics of that, of enshrining another person's right to uh, free speech, to say what they think and feel, to express themselves, you know, even though it, you know, might disgust you and it might um, anger you and so on and so on, right? Uh yeah, and too, I sort of try to remind myself of of that kind of the, the, that greater good, you know. And it's a weird situation to be in. And um, I just sort of, for myself, I'm kind of, you know, just hang tight, you know, until the point where, you know, this other person or speaker or whatever is advocating violence and encouraging people towards violence, and you know, then then we're going to sort of sort of jump in and start calling the cops, and you know making recordings and i'm probably already making some kind of recording at that point um yeah yeah and and just sort of uh, was it, it it's it's that very sort of fine line that you know you sort of get to that point of and, and then you're getting into the uh for me i'm getting into that the personification of, of war right you know this that's what that's all about, it's the advocating of of violence right, and um, violence, murder, so on and so forth, and also too uh, in imposing on another person's rights, right, sort of saying that my rights are more important than your rights, and this that that, that sort of that, that's the boundary that's being breached, and for for, for for myself, it's like, you know, evil is, you know, that's tough. And, you know, it's like that you sort of, you have to get to that point where something is um, so anti-life, right? And and two, that's another way of doing the whole, the two personifications. I think there's, for, for myself, there's a kind of melting pot going on. Like, say, you know, you could sort of look at, you know, Mother Nature and sort of, well, Mother Nature, that's all about life, right? You know? It's this summing up and culmination of life and expression. And, and um, can I kind of merge that that with the kind of Venus sort of a, a character? Um, sort of say, you know, they're sort of both the same. I've already talked about nature, though, personification of nature, and that it's not an absolute nature. It's, it's not an accurate nature. It's more of an idyllic, you know, and it's... Um, Trees are good you know and until they are bad how how can trees be bad you know when trees heat up when when they're in an environment that's warm enough that they will produce c o two um and then you know all of a sudden your trees have become bad, right they're pumping it out um, what's that carbon cycle feedback loop? I think it's called something like that uh let's see. Another sort of connection, close connection, are the characters of. Um, I don't know if we have a in the in the personifications. If we have a sort of ruler, but my go-to is say Jupiter, um, Jupiter, Zeus, I mean, sort of the, the king. And you can you can see also sort of an exploration in the first Narnia book of um, Aslan. Aslan is this sort of ex. ex uh, <laughs> exploration? No, ex, um, explanation. Uh, exploration of um, ru- rulership, you know, of being of being a ruler of of you know the personification of that ish allegory. Another allegorical aspect. It's thematic though. It's across the whole the whole story. And. Let's see. Um, so I, I was going for that because, say, on Piers Anthony's list of personifications, that we don't have one for, you know, the ruler or rulership, say. But there's another sort of merging that I kind of feel with um, the marshal or our, the um, the war, the personification of war, and there's a there's a relationship there. You know, you can see it in any any monarch that there's a, a military um, connection. You know that it's you know it's 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 not just about government. It's it's about um, that the the monarch is the um, or say the head of state is also the the leader of the military. I'm trying to remember in the states what it is. It's sort of like say that the president is also called. It's like the there's a title that has to do with the being the leader of the of the military, something but say general or something. Um, so there's a kind of an, another kind of fusion for me of two personifications, one sort of you know of rulership, you know, which is not necessarily violent, but you know, but then you have the the martial side of it, the military side, which which is you know. Um, in governing, there is there is a violent aspect to it, um, even if you just even if you're looking at law, almost like say a personification of the law. That's another way of looking at um, the ruler, the Jupiter kind of character as being, you know, with a, a kind of a Moses with these two tablets of the law, and um, the, you know the the ultimate punishment of breaking the law. Is that there is this legal um, punishment, and and that you know, for some reason I'm thinking of capital punishment, but that say, you know, there's there's sort of these levels like say you'll get a fine, then you get a really expensive fine, you know, and then beyond that it's like you know jail for a little while, and then jail for a long while, and then the ultimate is um, execution, right? That, um, and so you know, even there we have, you know, violence but it's it's legal violence and, um you know, it's, it's punishment breaking this law very Old Testament um, so we are definitely wrapping it up and packing it up for personifications um final what's a, what's a, what's a final statement that I could make about, um personifications, and also just sort of toying around with notions of good and evil. I I think what I'm going to do is sort of for a title that I'll put it as good, you know, and just, let's see, there's a couple of options. I think actually what I'm going to do is I'll do um, peace, personification of peace, but, you know. I'm I'm just sort of thinking about from my my own thought processes. Sort of like, yeah, it's like how am I going to title this? Make it snazzy, uh, and and that will be sort of a good counterpoint counterpoint to to war, and um, it sort of get into the uh, question of uh, that that sort of the polarity of it. And I guess I'm just going to finally end with. Um, Achilles' is a shield again, and one last thought was that this shield uh, that the, okay, you know, I, it, the literary device is called ekphrasis, and um, so it's Greek, and it's giving depth to something that could, you know, just be described as a shield, you know, and it's adding this. Importance to it, right? So it is it's a foot, it's a it's a focus and Did I just see a crow with a credit card? <laughs> what the heck was that? I guess somebody lost their credit card either that or it's a it's a it's a crow who's got in you know into the debt to slavery machine <clears throat> So um, We are dealing with, oh yeah, the shield, the shield of Achilles, and that it happens to be two things going on. Uh, I'm reminded of uh, the shield of, um, this is, it's from the uh, Gawain and the Green Knight, English lit. And Gawain has a shield. And on the outside of the shield, he has this uh, protective device. And then on the inside of the shield, he has... uh, There's a picture of the Virgin Mary, the Madonna. The outside of the shield, it's an interesting, odd um, choice. Uh, So this is is a medieval story, and they have a, a star. And... The star, I remember being in the class, I, I got to actually study it twice because uh, I was just so fascinated um, and the, what is it, we sort of like led to, the instructor was leading us and sort of going and started talking about the, um, the star of Venus and that over the span of a year that the um, Venus, the, the planet, will spiral. And that uh, it's the the path creates this spiral and looping, and uh, if you chart this, what you end up with is uh, the shape of a five pointed star, and that was this. I was sort of examining it and going, is this is this relating to Venus on the outside, and you know this because on the shield that there's this. Sort of outside protection versus the inside protection uh, it's an interesting thought, and there's uh, the elements of the venereal where you can kind of see Venus and the v- the vene um, that uh, that are happening in the story so I'm just sort of adjusting myself talking about two shields and where I'm going with it is that there's an Shield has an outside and an inside, and that with the shield of Achilles, we have a shield that has—it's um, a place that is two places. You know, it's not—it's not one place. So there's this division, there's this duality of place um, that's happening. And in in writing, like say, especially when you're doing um, genre fiction. That there's a sort of a sparse. We're going for a sparseness, and um, you know, purple poetry is poo pooed for the most part. Uh, uh, and two, somebody who didn't know ekphrasis, you know, might stumble across this and going, "What the heck are you doing?" You know, this is taking me out of the story. And uh, in, in the case of Achilles' shield, it's intentional, and it's not just about taking you out of the story. It's about highlighting and there's a rhetorical quality to it, a rhetoric, of that you're being you're being invited to consider, you know, the na- the nature of this shield, right? That the shield is being con- concocted by, you know, supernatural, you know, forces, deities and in order to protect uh, one of their own, right? This demigod. Because that was Achilles in a way. I think his, his mother was like a mi- minor Minor player But she had connections so it's, it's, I think another part of it was she Didn't she hold on to his heel And then she dipped him into a river That gave him Some so It was either like His skin right, Sort of protected his skin His skin was kind of like armor Except for that one part which was the heel Where we got Achilles heel from which is your weakness, your Achilles heel. All right, so if, so if we've narrowed it down and we're talking about the personification of peace and that there's this two-sided quality to it. You know, for, for me, I want to sort of have this collage of meanings and I want to say that you know, peace is good that there's this kind of good quality and then war is bad, it's evil and then um, for me though, not just that but that that they are two halves of the same thing and that you know, say it's impossible to say divorce ourselves I think that sort of like the tragic sort of part of it is say um uh, peace activists. I'm trying to remember if I've been involved in peace activism. I think I went on a march once in Vancouver. It was a peace march. Uh, but that sort of say to, there is a marriage between the two. We exist, like say, I exist in a culture that exists, you know, part of it has to do with the military and part of it has to do with war that say, I have been shaped others I know have been shaped by war and so it, it's, it's not just about um, it's a bit sort of what is it, critical, hypercritical that to uh, to be saying I'm, I'm sort of going, it's a hard place to be like, if you are in a culture, country, and um, that exists because of the military, right? That's a weird way, you know, place to be. Uh, that it, it, ex- it exists because of division and, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, that the desire is for a world without borders. But we define ourselves by the borders right and we sort of like say i go i'm canadian and um, i'm not you know south of the border i'm not american you know we sh- we speak the same language <laughs> there's a lot of similarities there's a lot of the same religions food uh you know a lot of the same you know sort of people etc you know, and yet, we s- stand there and we uh, point the finger. Are you looking for an address? You okay? Somebody looking a little lost. <laughs> and two, you know, isn't isn't that, you know isn't that nice of me (laughs) what were my what were my um, why was I doing that it's a a little bit genetic it's a little bit uh, uh, social social um, cultural right I was brought up to you know sort of oh you need help oh sure and uh yeah, so we're so we're good. I think I, I think I'm okay. Uh well, uh thank you very much uh for listening and uh I will uh talk to you soon. Take care.